I want to say Happy New Year, but the Lord may come back tonight and we may not see another New Year. And if He does, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Um, But if He doesn't, Happy New Year. If I don't see you tomorrow night uh, at prayer, Happy New Year. God bless you. I hope it's the best. Uh, I hope we start off the New Year just great. But something that came to my mind and to my heart was... You know, we're um, now eight years into this where, um, not eight years into the ministry, but eight years, because many of you know it's been a long time, but eight years since I really felt the urgency to minister, um, you know, that things were changing and the church really needs a revival because how we were doing church back then and even now into this day is, is not what I saw in Acts. And I'm still looking for that. I mean, we see pockets and we still know that God is a miracle working God and we see, you know, the supernatural happen, but it's not like it was then. And, um, you know, so I'm still anxious for that. I still, and I know the Bible says be anxious for nothing, so maybe that's a bad choice of words on my part, but I really want to see the Acts type of church. The, the, The church of Acts should be how, what we look like. There is no other way to do church, as far as I'm concerned. Why? Why would I make a, such a statement like that? Because that's how it is. That's that's what he showed us. That's that's the model. That's the guide. That's that's what we have to go by. I'm not saying that, you know, we shouldn't have modern music or we shouldn't do anything like that. No, no, no. Hear my heart. Now I'm talking about a group of people who believe so much that he is God, that Jesus is God that believes so much in this word that they live it each and every day. That believes so much that God is love and that God and love is, is this relationship and it has to be expressed and that they love each other so much that God is, cannot help but to be recognized around the globe that God is love. Amen. And these people, there's something different about these people. Amen? Amen. So, are we good ground? Are we good ground? Because it all begins and ends with the Word of God. You know, and, and remember where we were in Hosea chapter 10, beginning in verse 12 and 13. Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord. It is time to seek the Lord till He comes and rains righteousness on you. You have plowed wickedness, you have reaped iniquity. You have eaten the fruit of lies because you trusted in your own way in the multitude of your mighty men. My brothers and sisters, he's speaking to his people and he's speaking to us. He's speaking to his people. It's break up the follow ground. There, there have been many of us, and it's not just those of us who maybe um, have flirted with the things of God. Maybe we had a mental uh, salvation or we you know, received God on an intellectual level. No, we, we, we received God and we walked in relationship with God. But you know, just like sometimes the relationship can become uh, stale or you get into a rut, it, and it's not on God's part. It wouldn't be God's part. So that's what he's saying to his people. Break up that fallow ground. You know, it's time to go ahead and till this thing up so that you can receive this word so that we can have this same type of fellowship. That you, the, the joy of your salvation. Remember that day when you went down to the altar. Remember that day when you repented and you knew that you were forgiven. And you absolutely knew that God down on the inside of you, he's changed you. There's something different. You felt the weight of the sin come off of you. Is, am I the only one that felt that way? Was, was I such a bad sinner that when I went down to that altar and I repented I felt that a weight was lifted off of me was I the only one 
I don't think so. I think there are other people in this very room that would say yes and amen to the same thing, that you felt that that weight, there was a weight lifted off of you, and you felt this joy, and, and there was something different, and you knew it, and you knew it. Amen? But, but something happens over, over time. And so you know, I think that's the message to God's people. It's time to break up the follow ground. It's time to go ahead and have that same, not a feeling, not an emotion, but that same, that same fire down in your heart, that same exuberance that you felt before, even in the middle of bad circumstances. So we see also in Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 3, For thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground and do not sow among thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord and take away the foreskins of your hearts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray. God, anything that comes out of my mouth without you are just words. So Lord, I pray. Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, give me words to speak. Holy Spirit, give them ears to hear. Holy Spirit, minister to us the truth in each and every soul in this room. Each and every heart in this room can receive the truth, can receive a revelation of you. Father, meet them right where they are right now and change us. Change us. We yield ourselves to you in this moment, Lord. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. So now look, let's notice. Break up your fallow ground and do not sow among thorns. Now if you'll remember from last week, you know, uh, where we were in Luke chapter 8, where the parable of the uh, seed and the sower, if you'll remember that, right? And Jesus explained, in, in, uh, he explained that parable uh, further down, beginning in chapter, I'm sorry, verse 11 of chapter 8, where he says, the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. But you'll remember then, he went, the ones that fell among the thorns. And so I want to bring that back because I really do believe that that's probably where a lot of us lie. But then also because of the, the scripture that God had me in in the Old Testament, where's Jeremiah, and, and, and God says to break up your fallow ground and do not sow among thorns. So remember what Jesus said. Uh, the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. Remember, my brothers and sisters, I, I know that I'm saying this repeatedly, but it's so important that we know. God has ordained that we should bring forth fruit. Isn't that true? John, he very plainly states it through the Apostle John. Holy Spirit lets us know. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Okay? All right? And he expects his branches to bring forth fruit. The branches that do not bring forth fruit are cut off and thrown into the fire. He expects us to bring forth fruit. God is looking for fruit in your lives. And he says this. He says, you can't bring forth fruit. You can't do anything without me. So it all begins and ends with the living word of God, with our relationship with Jesus. So we have to study this word and get into this word and, 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 and have this relationship with Jesus that we might produce fruit. But now look at what it says again. Uh, those who are, when they've heard, they go out and are choked with cares of this world, riches, and pleasures of life. And they bring forth no fruit. 
My brothers and sisters, that describes so many of us. And, and not just now in this modern era, not just in this culture and society as we're living now. I'll bet you that was true of every culture, every society, and just multiple peoples all, uh, you know, of all time. So, you know, Pastor Tony, a uh, big deal. You could, you could make that uh, a message every week and you'd still, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. Uh, yeah, but it's important because God said it. And God brought it up. And still, so many of us have these struggles. We're so concerned. We do have the cares of this world. And as I mentioned last week, it could be you know, raising your children, the jobs that we have, and, and many of the, 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 the things that we have on us, many of the requirements that we have to meet, whether it be a job, whether it be school, whether it be, no matter what it is. We have so many obligations and we're so busy. But my brothers and sisters, that's how we become fruitless or not as fruitful as we would have been had we received and been that good ground and not let it be sown among these thorns, these bushes, these vines. Man, I have a, a beautiful bush in the backyard I planted a long time ago. It's a, I think it's called acacia. In the fall, it brings a lot of yellow flowers. That thing grows wild, and, and it's kind of weak. It'll, like when you let it really grow, if you don't let it trim it, trim it, it'll just fall down, but it'll still continue to grow. But last year, there was this vine that grew. And the vine grew, and I didn't have any time to mess with it. But, you know, I said, oh, it's little. I'll go and get it another time. Before I knew it, that vine had that bush just about covered. And the bush didn't make many flowers that year. The flowers are the fruit. See, that, that bush was still alive, but it was barely hanging on. And there was no fruit coming forth because that vine had covered it up. And the vine became the issue. Are you there? Is that tracking with you? Man, it sure tracks with me. Because I know sometimes I let the job and I let even ministry. Come on now, speak to some ministers now, whether you're here in this room or whether you're listening uh, over the internet. Uh, you know, there, there are some ministers that let the ministry become that thing that covers up. And you think you're, you're doing, you're going all about that business because you're wanting to sing, see the fruit and you're being led by God. But my brothers and sisters, I can't come to you and speak spiritually if I'm not being fed spiritually. I could read and I could understand this word of God and I could teach it to you on an intellectual or like a, like a school book or, 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 or that kind of thing where it's not spiritual, where it's just academic. But my brothers and sisters, it takes the Spirit of God in me and in you that we might receive it that way in the way that He intended it so that it can bring forth the fruit that He also has ordained for it to bring forth. Amen? And we'll learn more about that. And I know some of you already know that. But my brothers and sisters, it's not academic. It's life. It's, it's spirit. It's not my ability to learn something. And I think, and God says that very specifically in the Word. That's why he chose uneducated men to be his closest apostles. I'm convinced of it. Because it's, it's spiritually ascertained. It's, it's not done. It's not something that I can study and I can reason. You know, this, this past week I, I had to, to glimpse little bits and pieces, Voltaire and, and some of these philosophers, these philosophers of reason. And, you know, that usually takes God out of everything because it's got to be reasoned. My brothers and sisters, he is God. And God, you cannot figure him out. And anyone who would go ahead and try to 
think that if it can't be reasoned, then it can't be true, they're going to miss it. It's spiritually ascertained. Amen? So now, back to Jeremiah. Break up your fallow ground and do not sow among thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord and take away the foreskins of your heart. See, my brothers and sisters, I didn't want to preach out of this again, out of Hosea. I really didn't. And, and, I, was so, I, was, and I was struggling so much. And you could ask Michelle, somebody, wait till after. Don't leave the room now to go ask her. Wait, wait till after you get her. Man, I was really bugged because I, I said, you know, Lord, I, I don't want to just come up with a, a, a topic and then you're going to fill in the blanks for me. Lord, what would you have me to say to the, to the folks? What message would you have me to share? And I was just stuck on this. I got down, it was as late as yesterday. I, I'm on my face and I'm praying, Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? I can't go into that pulpit and not preach a message from you. I cannot pick a topic and try to hope that you're going to fill in the blanks. Lord, what would you have me to do? And I feel it as, as just as clear as... Tony... Talk to them about how to break up the follow ground. What does that mean, breaking up the follow ground? So that's where we're going today. And Lord God, give us clarity. Lord, speak to our hearts and minds, Lord, exactly how we would do this thing, Father. We want to follow your commands, Lord. Lord, we want to do what you're instructing us to do. So Lord, I pray right now by the power of the Holy Spirit that you, you would minister to every heart, to every mind, every soul, every being. That Father is either listening uh, on the internet or in this very room. Father, no matter where or when we find ourselves hearing this message, Holy Spirit, I pray that your eternal word would be brought forth in such a way as we can use it. It would, Father, take us to a different place with you. That we would be able to do these things that you've asked us to do by your Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So break up your follow ground. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord and take away the foreskins of your hearts. Romans 2, 28 and 29. For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew or someone who is God's child, someone who is a believer, who is one inwardly, and the circumcision is that of the heart in the Spirit. So, so you see, my brothers and sisters, right now we're, we're going to talk about break up the follow ground. This, to me, it has absolutely everything to do with the word that we're able to receive. Hebrews 8.10 says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. Remember, what's the, what's the seed? The word. Right? Remember? You forgot already? Oh my goodness. Remember the seed is the word. So he's saying, I will make the covenant with, those day, with Israel in the last days. I will put my laws in their mind and on their hearts. His laws is his word. See, that's what he's saying. So now break up your follow ground that you might be able to receive. Are we good ground? Well, we've got to break up this follow ground. So we've got to break up. We've got to make sure that our hearts are prepared to receive. We've got to circumcise our hearts. Clearly, 2 Corinthians 3.3, 3, clearly you are an epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God on tablets of stone, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is of the heart. So, my brothers and sisters, break up the follow ground. We have to circumcise our hearts. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to do it. And how does He do it? Back to Jeremiah 4. Break up the follow ground. Do not sow among thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord. Take away the foreskins. See, we see this played out, my brothers and sisters. This is, we see this played out. We see it played out very plainly. We weren't going to sing again. I was just... 
Hallelujah. We see it played out in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, remember when the Holy Spirit fell. I'm I'm not going to read the whole thing, so nobody get mad at me. Or don't start falling asleep already. I'm glad some of you are understanding what I'm trying to say. In Acts chapter 2, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit falls. They receive the promise. And we know what happens. There's this, it's noised abroad. They get out, they fall out of that upper room, the 120, they receive this Holy Spirit and they start speaking in tongues, the marvelous things. They're praising God and talking about the wonderful, the marvelous things that God has done, all the marvelous works that God has done. Now remember, there are so many people that are there for the holiday. And so they're saying, what's going on? What is this? And some people are mocking them, criticizing them, saying, you know, they're just drunk. Let me start there. Peter got up. This same Peter, who not very long ago denied Christ, denied that he ever knew him. And then after he saw Christ alive, remember, it wasn't exactly what he thought would happen. We're not, Jesus is not sitting on the throne. Jesus is not our earthly, he's not setting up this earthly kingdom. I'm going fishing. That same Peter, who is now baptized with the Holy Ghost, he sees all of this, and he's not shy about it. He stands up and he says, these are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only the third hour of the day. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. They're not drunk. But this is what was prophesied by Joel. Hallelujah. And it shall come to pass in the last day, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. I tell you what, I'm dreaming more dreams, so I guess that means I'm no more visions. It's all about the dreams, baby. I guess I've graduated. And on my men servants and on my maid servants I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above, signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the, the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What's his name? Jesus. That's what he's preaching. He's preaching Jesus. But look at what he does. He's not shy about it. He doesn't say, he confronts them. He doesn't say, oh, no, you know, no, they're not, no, I can see why you would think that, y'all. Yeah, but, you know, he's not diplomatic about it. They are not drunk, like you think. This is what was prophesied by Joel. I'm about to get happy right now. And then he lets it rip. What does he do? He says what the Scripture says. He preaches to them the Scripture. And he's saying, this is how this Scripture applies. Uh Uh-oh, you got a little quiet there. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, the man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst as you yourselves also know. You saw it done. Him being delivered by the determinate purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death. Tony language? This is what he said to them. This Jesus, who did all these signs, wonders, and miracles, he took care of you all. It was no question that he was of God. There's no question who he was and what he was about. No question. But you delivered him to the Romans. You delivered him to the impure. You delivered him and you had him killed. Right then, I could see it. Come on, Margaret, we're going to another church. 
Come on, let's go down the road. They don't preach like that. Come on now. Come on, you know what I'm saying. This has got to be tracking with you because God is here. The Holy Spirit preached that message through Peter. Hallelujah. And he put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. See, that wasn't very popular either. There, you had the whole sect of the, of, the, uh, of, of the religious folks, of the lawyers who were the Sadducees, who didn't think that there was any such a thing. So it wasn't like this commonly held belief among everybody, but he's talking about the raising of the body from the dead. He's talking about that. And he's not shy about it. He's saying it. Oh, wait a minute. That's controversial. We better not say anything about that because after all, some of our leaders don't believe that and you know we don't want to go ahead and get out of the way with them. They won't believe us and they won't listen to us anymore. So we better go ahead and tamp that down just a little bit, Peter. Say it a little bit differently. Say it a little nicer or say it among smaller groups so that you, know, you, you, you don't turn a whole sect off and they'll never listen to you again. No, he said it. He flat out said it. He said it like I'm talking to you right now. He didn't have no microphone. He was talking to thousands thousands of people. You know how I know that? Because I'm smart. No, there were thousands of people that came to the Lord after he preached this message. He's preaching to thousands and he's saying it loud and he's saying it strong and he's saying it clear and he's not worried about who hears him. He's not worried about being unpopular. He's not worried about who's going to walk down the street to another church. He's saying it like it is, baby. Hallelujah. For, listen to this. For David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. What's he doing? He's preaching right out of the Scriptures, my brothers and sisters. This is an unlearned man. This man did not sit at the feet of Gamaliel. But this man right now, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he remembers his little Sunday school classes. He remembers what his mom and daddy tried to teach him. He remembers all of that stuff. And right now, the Holy Ghost got a hold of his heart, and he's telling them, here's what the Word of God said about this. Now, hell, let's go ahead and apply it. Hallelujah. Man, I just get so happy. Bible preaching, baby. That's what he did. Hallelujah. Oh, for he is at my right hand, and I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope, for you will not leave my soul in Hades. This is a messianic prophecy coming through David. Now will you always be now you allow your holy one to see corruption, nor will you allow your holy one to to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Hallelujah. The Word of God. Men and brethren, let me speak freely. <laughs> Why, you haven't yet, Peter? What the heck? Let me speak freely to you both of the patriarch David that is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us today. Therefore, being a prophet, David was a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on the throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. Hallelujah. Again, applying the scripture, preaching the word, teaching the word, applying it to the here and now. Are you with me? Is that tracking with you? Not worrying about the delivery, not worrying about any old thing, just saying it just like it needed to be said. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit. We can't talk about the Holy Spirit 
or we can, but, you know, everybody gets all the Holy Spirit they're ever going to get when they get saved. And if we say anything else, it might cause some controversy in the church. So we better not say that, Brother Tony, when the Bible plainly states, He gives the Spirit to those who obey Him. Be ye being filled. Be in a constant state of being filled. No, my brothers and sisters, I've got more of the Holy Ghost in me now when I first started out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. He poured out this which you now see and hear. Uh Uh-oh, what did they hear? They heard people speaking in tongues. They heard people prophesying in languages that they never learned. But know what? It wasn't that they did. They were speaking the language they never learned. They heard them each in their own language. That means Steve is speaking a language. I'm German. You're Italian. You're Spanish. We're hearing Steve speak those words simultaneously. God is allowing him to speak something that we're hearing simultaneously in our home language. That's what that means. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Oh, you better not say that though, Peter, because you know, someone's going to go to the church down the street. That makes people feel uncomfortable when you start talking about that Holy Spirit stuff. They're going to think you're going to handle snakes. You're going to bring snakes into your... Mike, go get the snake. <laughs> no, yeah, right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, because I, don't, I have people that know the Word of God in this church. Hallelujah. For David did... Listen to this. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says himself, the Lord said to my Lord... Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. He's, he's, that's Psalm 110. He's, prof, he's speaking, Peter is speaking from the Psalms. He's speaking from Joel. He's speaking right out of the Scripture, the Word of God. And he's applying it right here, right now. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified both Lord and... Do you see that? Oh, you better not say that. You're going to make somebody mad. They're going to go away because they might have a relative who's a Pharisee or, you know, there may be in the, you won't, you're going to tick off the Romans, Peter. No. Now, when they heard this, this is, um, I, I want you to see, this is 237. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? So think about that. Man, we got to tear up some follow ground. Borrowed this from the kids. We gotta, we gotta, t- we gotta go ahead and break up some follow ground. The Holy Spirit and the Word of God. That's how we break up the follow ground. Yeah, but I thought you said the seed was the word. The seed absolutely is the word. Know how I know that? I'm going to address that in a minute. So I know, I know. Listen, listen, listen. But no, because Jesus said it. We, we don't have to. Listen, we don't have to ask Pastor Tony what that means. Now, if you want to, that's fine. I'll tell you. But you better go ahead. And if, after I tell you, you better make sure you look in your word and make sure that I didn't tell you something that I just thought on my own or something. I would never purposely mislead you, but I'm a man. I may make a mistake. Mm. Hey, easy. Now, think about that for one minute. Just think about that. But, but pastor, that's, see, that's, how could that be? You know, Jesus, the, the seed is... Man, my brothers and sisters, the Word is eternal. The Word is big. The Word is awesome. God is the Word. God cannot be contained and neither can His Word. Neither can His Word. 
Oh, I, I, I told you, I read some things on some of these philosophers and everything, and, I, and, I, and I, it just amuses me how these men can say things about this Bible, and you know, where they agree with it, it's okay, but wherever it's not, wherever it talks about anything supernatural, nah. Nah, that's just there to fool, that's just there to, to, to try and uh, teach the uneducated some things. Baloney. My God is a supernatural God. My God can only be received supernaturally. My God wants to go ahead and allow me. See, that's what he's talking about now. It's not just the fact that I'm going to hear this word and I'm going to go ahead and and automatically, because I'm hearing this word, it's breaking up the follow ground. You see what they said? Let me me go back. Put that back up there, please, Mary. Uh, Acts 2.37. When they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Something happened. Listen, listen. See? You got to listen. No, no, no. And I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm, I'm just saying, sometimes, I mean, I've been in, I've been in services and one time I'm te- teaching a tra- chapel and, and, and I got a young man who's sitting now. He's trying to be diligent. He's sitting right there. He's sitting right on top. Of me, and, he's, and, you know, and then he asked me a question that has nothing to do with the main tone and tenor of the word. Now, I'm not trying to be hypercritical here. Please understand my heart. But what he's, he's asking a question that has nothing to do. And so I said to him very nicely, if you're focused in on that, you're going to miss everything. See, sometimes, my brothers and sisters, now we have to do this. We have to make the effort. We can't be on those computers if we're in the media center and just think about what's my next move. We can't be checking our bank accounts up there. We can't be doing anything. You can't be in here on your phone checking this, checking that, seeing who's the latest text. You can't be doing that. You can't, I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to be ugly to them. They work hard. I'm just using that as an example. We, you know what? We cannot, my brothers and sisters, we have to be paying attention. How many of you, I've been in some bad service. How many of you heard some bad preaching? Raise your hand if you have. I mean, bad preaching. Not here. (laughs) Amen. I got one amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now I can keep going. No, but think about that. I've heard some really bad messages. In fact, me and Michelle, have, when we moved to different places, you know, we'd have to try a bunch of different churches and see where the Lord would plant us. And so, man, there would be, there would be times where we leave a church and say, you know what, somewhere in there, there was a good message. But man, that person struggled. But here's the thing. The somewhere in there, you can get. See, I don't need to go ahead and listen to these celebrity preachers who say the right words and they're so eloquent. Even the Apostle Paul talked about that, didn't he? I didn't come to you with this eloquence of speech. I just preached to you the Word. I just preached the Word. Let the Word do the work. Let the Word do it. You have to let the Word do it. You have to pay attention to it and not try to be, man, I've got people, you've done it, you've heard it, there's people that would just be sitting there and they're listening, but they're listening with a critical spirit to see when he's going to make a mistake. Come on now. There's a difference between, I've said it before, I'll say it again, there's a difference between critical thinking and a critical spirit. If you come, I know, I know preachers or teachers of the word who just listen to every other minister and then all they do is criticize that minister or that preacher. I can't stand that. You know, there are a lot of them out there who are not preaching the, the, the whole counsel of God. But I'm not going to be the one that always points out... Every, see, he hasn't appointed me to be, the, the, to, to, to be everybody's fruit inspector. That's, that's between him and them. Now, if, if there's a sheep that's being led astray in my flock, 
or God has put in my circle or my sphere of influence, I'm going to make sure that they know where that error is. That's my responsibility. And it's yours too. Come on now. It's yours too. If you hey, Listen, you, you men, you're the spiritual head of your household. You better know the Word of God. You better know the Word of God. You, and then if you're raising kids, you better know the Word of God. And not just a, a cursory, you know, a little understanding, a little mental disposition, kind of on an intellectual level or an academic level. No, you better know the Word of God. Because the enemy of your soul, he's doing everything that he can to speak to your young people about how this really isn't real. You know, it's allegorical at best and, you know, so on and so forth. And it's not 100% true. You could believe it in these areas, but not in those areas. My brothers and sisters, it doesn't work that way. He is a deceiver. He's a liar. You better know what the Word says and you better know it by the Spirit. You better go ahead and, and, and break up that follow ground. You better go ahead and listen to that Word diligently and you better go ahead and even when it hurts. Look what it says. What does it say? They were pricked in their hearts. They were stabbed in their hearts. Come on. See, now in this modern era, know what happens? I go to a church, I get stabbed in my heart, I'm going to another church. Come on now, come on, don't get quiet on me. Or we'll figure out how we can go ahead and that, why that messenger wasn't the right messenger. Come on now, come on, come on. See, my brothers and sisters, this is where we have to be. If I want this, I want revival so bad. I want God to move among His people like He did in Acts chapter 2, just like He did there. But if we want to go ahead and have that same movement of God, then we better go ahead and receive that Word. We better go ahead and let it prick our hearts. And we better say then to the preacher or to God Himself, what should we do? Hallelujah. Because I'll guarantee you, if you're asking Him with a sincere heart, He'll tell you. He'll tell you. God and I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, I'm testifying. Our God is so good. Our God is so good. Because even when I was dead, hey man, it took me. My, my, my wife, he's given me such a great wife. She has this way. I told you a little while ago how I arrived at this message, where I'm, why I'm preaching what I'm preaching today. So when I tell, I tell Michelle, man, I'm struggling. Man. She does the same thing. Go and pray. Why are you struggling? Listen to God. <laughs> yeah. All the obvious stuff. I need to hear it, though. But she, she's like, Go and pray. Okay. So I had to get cleaned up. We were going somewhere. Got, on a, got in the shower, took a shower. I got on my face in that shower. And Lord, I, I, it's, your people are coming. They're expecting to hear from you. Lord, I need to hear from you. And that quick, my brothers and sisters, our God is so good. He doesn't, I'm not special. Well, no, I'm not special. He doesn't love me more than he loves you. Man, maybe a little. <laughs> no. I'm not special. So look at when you when that word gets down in you and you ask that question or when you go to God with a sincere heart, okay God, why? Or go okay God, where? Or or go uh, how God? God will answer you. Amen. He will answer you. Now here's the problem that we have and I'm I'm cutting loose. I don't know why, but here we go. Here's the problem. Sometimes we don't like the answer. So we're going to the Almighty God. We're going to God. And we're going to someone that loves us so much. And we're going to someone, this Almighty God, who will listen to our our supplications, our prayers, who will answer. Then He answers. We don't like it. So we don't pay attention to that one. So we'll keep praying. If I were God, I'd say, I already told you, shut up. Good thing I'm not God. But anyway, my brother, you see that? I already told you. How many times do I tell you? 
But no, that's, that's the way we are. That's, that's, that's the way we are. That's, a, that's that natural person. I want to read to you now out of Hebrews, a, a, a very familiar scripture. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is discerned of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. My brothers and sisters, look at that scripture. The word of God is... Bob, God bless you. Come out. The word of God is quick. It's alive, it's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder of what? Read it. Soul and spirit. Piercing to the dividing asunder, soul and spirit. See, that's the problem, my brothers and sisters. See, God has to minister to us by the spirit to the spirit. Let me remind you of a couple of scriptures that we've studied together, Romans 8.16. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Philippians 3, for we are a circumcision who worship God in spirit. And there are so many others where it's very plain that God, we, we have fellowship with God, spiritual. Right? And Corinthians, you know, the things of God, they can't be understood by the, the what thing, it's got to be by the spirit of man. His spirit with our spirit, then ascertaining the things of the spirit of God. Then those things, then we start to understand, we can receive the things of God. It has to be spiritual. We, we have fellowship with God spiritually. Why are you quiet? How come no one said amen? Isn't it the word of God? It absolutely is the word of God. But here's the problem, my brothers and sisters. We have trouble separating the soul and the spirit. The word doesn't. See, that's why we have to go ahead and break up that, that... that, that's follow ground. We have to go ahead and let that word get in there and divide soul and spirit. Okay, when Tony feels a certain... Tony hears a word. He feels a certain way about it. Now, is that spiritual? Or is that my flesh? Did I... You know, did, my, my, did that hurt my feelings? Because that would be speaking to my soul. Right? Come on now. See, there's this thing. We're, we're, I, and, and some of you I've shared with you on more than one occasion, and I'm going to share it again, so please forgive me. But at the same time, hopefully it will give you some understanding as to where God is kind of leading me and pressing me. Man, I'm still stuck on this. We're created in God's image. And I know it's got to be the threefold man. He's a threefold God. He's one God, three persons, and we're a threefold being. We're, 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 right? Body, soul, spirit, Right? So, so, yeah, that, there's all of this happens. There's, there's this stuff, there's this, you know, and it's not so simple. And I know that I may go and, and, and I'm not going to know about it till I see him face to face. For now I know in part, but then face to face, right? So I might know, I might have to wait till I see him. In the meantime, I'm still, uh, I'm still thinking about it, I still dwell upon it, still meditate on it and see how these things kind of interact with each other. And one of the things is that God, we relate to God, we have a relationship with God, not by the body. And the soul should be being influenced by the spirit through our spirit. Our, listen, in Ecclesiastes it says that when we, when we die, our spirit goes back to God. Right? Anybody read that part? So that spirit, that breath of life that he breathed into us, that goes back to God. But our consciousness goes wherever we want it to go. C.S. Lewis made a statement. Uh, I'll, I'll just save it for another time because I know I'll blow the quote, but I'll just give you the, the, the gist of it. The gist of it is that God gives people what they want. They, you know, if you, if you're, he says there's two kind of people. Those who say, God's will be done, if you say to God, your will be done, or my will be done. Come on. See, and that's where we are. 
See, that soul and that, that spirit, have to, you, there has to be this division made. Why? Because I don't, want the, I don't want to be making my decisions based on how I feel, how I think, my intellect, my soul. See, the soul has to be led by the spirit. Amen? Not emotionally, not you know, intellectually, and not according to the, uh, the, the, the appetites of the flesh. Not that. Are you with me? Even you young people, I know you can hear me. I know you know what I'm saying. It has to be that. Steve and I had an opportunity this week to talk to a young man that we work with. And, and this is one of the young men I might have shared with you before. I mean, it just broke my heart. He, you know, there may be a God, maybe not, or blah, blah, blah. But he's basically, you know, doesn't care whether he lives or dies. So I've been telling him, you know, in this Christmas season, I'm going to give you this movie, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. I love the movie. It's my favorite movie of all time. Me and Michelle uh, went a couple of Friday nights ago. Friday nights are date nights, so don't bother us on Friday night. No, if you have an emergency, call me, but, you know. Friday night we go out, we try to make it our business every Friday at least to spend some time together. And so she went ahead and she bought tickets to the Tampa Theater, that old theater. I've never been there. lived in uh, Tampa in this general area for about 40 years now, I guess it is, but never been there. So I went down there. It was beautiful. What a beautiful theater. It's the architecture and all that. It's been redone once or twice, but it's really, they've kind of kept the old flavor and all that. Really nice, but they were were showing It's a Wonderful Life up on the screen. That's the first time I saw it up on the screen. And one of the only times where I saw it from beginning to end. Now, Michelle bought it for me. We have another tradition in our house. Every Christmas, Michelle buys me a movie. And so uh, we give each other gifts either the night before or in the morning, depending on what's going on. And then we spend that morning eating a nut roll that she makes, this pastry that she makes. I really love it. We'll drink our coffee. We'll eat the nut roll. And we'll watch whatever movie she bought me. And so one year she bought me It's a Wonderful Life because I kept telling her, man, I've never seen this movie from beginning to end. So she bought it for me one year and I watched it from beginning to end. But anyway, I say all that to say this. So I'm telling this young man, he's 21-ish. I'm saying, didn't you ever see this movie It's a Wonderful Life? No, never saw it. How could you not see it every Christmas? Man, as a matter of fact, the E-Channel was showing it all day long on Christmas. Uh, again, I didn't watch it from beginning to end. I just watched bits and pieces of it. But my brother and sister, I'm, so I'm trying to explain the premise of the movie and I'm trying to tell him, your life matters. Your life matters. You don't even know the people that you're affecting. I said, look at your relatives. Look at your sister, your mom. You're taking care of them. Look at, look at your brother. I mean, how, how attached you are, how close you are. I mean, look at all the people that, that, that you're affecting. And there's people that you don't even know. And I explained to him or gave him a testimony of some people that had been in my past that called me years later to tell me some of the things or what I did that actually affect them, which I didn't even know. That's why that, that movie's so great. And so I told him, your life is, is so important because, you know, that's what and even the Lord tells us. That he's created us with a purpose and a plan. And that purpose and plan is just, and he's created us for fellowship with him. So he said, oh, okay, so my life, it's all about them and not me. But no, 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 see how you reacted? He doesn't know God. So how would he react? So my life is to benefit everybody else. And I said to him, yes. 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 That's the essence of God. God is love. And that's the essence of love. Love is not selfish. Love doesn't, doesn't, love is not all about me, me, me. Love is about, what can I do for you? How do I affect you? So my brothers and sisters, that's why it's so clear in the scripture. 
when the Holy Spirit through the Apostle John says, if you don't love your brother, you don't love me. If you, say, you could say you do, but if you don't love other people, you don't love me. Why? See, and that's part of this spirit, soul, body thing. That has everything to do with this image being created in his image. My brothers and sisters, God chose, God is love, and love chose to be that way toward us. Love is a choice. So I need that word of God to separate out so that I can spiritually receive love, understand the word of God, break up the follow ground and and let it be planted in me because my life isn't about me. My life isn't about me. I'm I'm not my own. Amen? And so I'm going to keep praying for this young man. And I think he may have received something. I mean, Steve was there helping me. And, and, and you know, in the, in the, but I want to just push on one thing. Did you see the way you all reacted, or at least a few have reacted when I said, he said, so my life is a... Let me ask you something. As the uh, praise team, whoever's left, comes forward. Let me ask you something. Don't we do the same thing? Amen. No, come on. On a different level, don't we do the same thing? You know, how is this going to benefit me? Lord, I'm all about your promises. You know, how I don't see them. Lord, you know, uh, even, the, even the work that we do in the church, sometimes, don't we get caught up in, I'm going to do this thing to impress God, to please God? No. Break up the follow ground. Receive the word. Amen? Or let's, let's go ahead and sing a song. Listen, uh, brothers and sisters, look. Let's just pray together. Let, as this song is singing, sing it with your heart toward Jesus. Receive the word. Let, let me ask you something. Did anybody, did the Holy Spirit speak to anybody? Amen. Okay. Did, was that the word of God? No, don't tell me what I want to hear. No, no, no. Yes. Was that the word of God? Yes. Okay. So now watch. The word of God was spoken and preached. And I... And I, and I be very genuine in telling you, I can't do that myself. That's the Holy Ghost. A lot of that stuff that you heard was not planned. So, if the Holy Ghost is speaking to you, so now what we need to do is apply it to you here and now. Here and now. What is God speaking to you? What is God telling you? What is God asking you? Would you receive it? Consider it? And then do what those people that heard that word what shall we do ask God what shall I do so while the song is playing sing pray let's have fellowship with God amen